Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. All right, look, I, I I realize that I'm not the most patient person in the world sometimes. I realize it, but I'm getting a little anxious here. Like, please, please go get one more player. Please. I, I'm going to, I'm not going to beg You've done a lot, David Stearns and Matt Arnold. You all have. You've done a great job. Willie Adamas has worked out. Uh, the Riley Tellez thing blows my mind how well he's playing. So hopefully that continues. But that, that's been really good. That's that's worked out well. Uh, you moving on from Arcia, even though Urias hasn't been what everybody thought he's been, and been necessarily horrible all the way around. He's played better at the top of the lineup. So that, that's been good, too. Uh, so that that that's a positive. But... You you got uh, you you went out and and you got Escobar and that that was good right the guy that can play all over the place good uh, you got Norris from Detroit I'm not as excited necessarily about that one but either, either way it's a lefty arm in the bullpen can't be too mad about that I got good numbers against the lefties but as I'm watching everybody get better here in Groves and again because the Brewers made their moves earlier than everybody else. You know, you can't get, ex- uh, you know, mad about it. But now here's Ken Rosenthal. Philly's close to acquiring right-handed pitchers Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy from the Rangers. So there's a starter and a closer uh, headed to the Philadelphia uh, Phillies. And again, Kennedy, obviously a former starter. So they get a starter and a bullpen arm. I would really, really like another bullpen arm, a closer, to go in front of Hader. That that would make me happy. I'm not getting my hopes up on Chris Bryan. Uh, or any of these other guys, Josh Donaldson. Oh, I love Josh Donaldson at third base. Um, but I'm not going to get my hopes up on that that actually happening. But but I I would like uh, an Iglesias maybe uh, to be in front of uh, Josh Hader uh, or right there with Devin Williams. Like I I I could get down with that. I'd be fine with that. Be good. Getting just getting a little nervous. Just watching all these teams. You look at the back end of that White Sox bullpen. Oh, my God. Like, good luck in the AL dealing with the back end of that pen. I mean, literally, they're going to have to pitch five innings in the postseason. Five innings. 
And then it's going to be it. Because Kopech is going to be at the front of that train. And Kopech is nasty when he's healthy. Can't stay healthy. But when he is nasty, Michael Kopech is a beast. So that is going to be tough. Uh, this Dodgers thing, that's still not official yet, is it? That Scherzer deal, Orlowski? That's They still haven't finished that. No, so, still not official. Boy, oh boy, wouldn't that be amazing if that thing falls apart and they can't close that deal? Oh, I'd be so excited. Yeah, I'd there, laugh. If I'd there's laugh. no Scherzer for the Dodgers and instead he's stuck with the Nationals because they can't get the deal done at the deadline? I mean, I don't know what they're arguing over. Are they arguing over prospects? Like the Dodgers not wanting to give up one or two? I mean, you have to realize you have to give up a lot in order to get a lot at this point. You'd have to think, oh, here we go. Center fielder Pete Crow Armstrong is headed to the Cubs as part of that Mets deal uh, and the Javi Baez deal. Who? Pete Crow <laughs> Armstrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a hero. Pete Crow Armstrong might be. Could Pete, be. Pete Crow Armstrong, I, I guess. We'll see. I haven't looked to see what kind of numbers he has. No, I'm anxious. I want to see what this dude's numbers are. I want to say I remember him. I don't know. My memory sucks lately, so I, I'm not even going to say where I, th- I thought I remembered him from. Pete Crow Dash Armstrong, to be specific there, uh, Orlovsky. He's 19 years old. His mom is Ashley Crow. Uh, there's no dad listed that I can see at 19. From uh, California. He's only played just the, uh, yeah, this is his first year. First year, and uh, he is in A-ball with St. Lucie uh, is where he is. Uh, six games, 32 plate appearances, 24 at-bats, 417, four RBIs, three stolen bases. I know no more than I did before. And that's a return and, for Baez? And he's hurt. Uh, he's on the 60-day IL. Of course. Uh, that's one of the pieces coming back. It won't be the only one. Center fielder, lefty-lefty, six foot, 184, the piece coming back. You know what I, I'm most happy about in this deal? That these major league baseball general managers, and I've brought this up to David Stearns in the past. Because I, I brought up, like, I don't get it. Like, why are you so hell-bent on, not him specifically, but general managers in in general or presidents of teams, like I guess Stearns is, and in holding on to these guys when you have a chance to win a World Series? Like, for me, I don't necessarily understand it when you're a World Series team. It's different if you're competing for a wild card and you know you don't have the horses when you get into the postseason. So that's different, right? I'm not mortgaging my future so I know, I know I'm going to get beat in the postseason. Unless guys get hurt on the other team in the next two months, which is possible. But in this scenario here, come on, man. This is a natural. Uh, Jake, uh, at Jake Weber... Uh, just randomly tweet out, good old chaos retweeted. That's how I saw it. Check this out. 16 of the Brewers' 28 games in August come against the Pirates, horrible, Cubs, gutted, Nationals, gutted, and Twins in the process of being gutted. 16 of the 28 come against those four teams. That is crazy. I mean, you're talking about a lot, what what should be, a lot of wins when you're talking about playing as many bad teams as they're going to get to play here in August. Because of everything going on. Here's another trade. The Minnesota Twins are in agreement on a deal to acquire John Gant from the Cardinals. Um, would you like to explain to me what's going on with that one, please? Uh, that one I don't understand. But, uh, you know, like... They're you- fire sailing in Minnesota, but now they're getting back John Gant? 
Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But, you know, like what you said with uh, the Brewers' upcoming schedule and, and how easy it is and everything like that, why hasn't Cincinnati started, started dumping all their dudes? I don't know. Because it doesn't make much sense for them to hold on to, you know, they can get some good returns for Castellanos and, and guys like that. And, oh, uh, for sure. Oh, you know, can you imagine him if he if he was in a Brewers uniform? Oh, now oh. we're talking. Hello. Yes. But I agree with you with the, with the you need a close, another closer, a premium setup, man, because Williams is, you know, he's been hit or miss. Yes. And when he's miss, he's way miss. So... Uh, you know, I I'm with you on that. So for me, I I think that that's that that's part of it here. And again, they've done a great job with the Brewers. Like, not going to be mad about it or anything of the sort. All I'm saying is, at this point in time, you're 51 minutes away from this thing being done. I saw Bob Nightingale uh, earlier tweet out like the way this flurry of trades are going right now. They're going to be announcing deals up to a half hour after the deadline is actually done. They're gonna. We'll be having announcements on Rami's show all the way up to like three thirty, three forty-five, because all these deals that are closed and having to get all the paperwork in before they're officially announced and stuff like that uh, is interesting. Bob Nightingale, less than one hour remains, and Chris Bryant still remains with the Cubs. Trevor Story still with the Rockies. The Cubs were uncertain earlier today whether anyone would meet their asking price on Bryant, and that goes back to what Leroy Butler said earlier, which is maybe they're simply asking for too much. And that may be the case, but you gotta you gotta move them. You've moved everybody else, for God's sakes. Just take the best offer. Like call your guys who are interested and go, best offer. We're not calling anybody back and telling you who has the best offer. We're not this is not gonna be a bidding situation. Give me your best offer and we'll figure out where he's going because he's going somewhere. And when you're in a situation like that where you're blowing things up like they are for the Cubs, you just gotta blow it up. Like you you can't just sit here and hold out and say, well, we'll just hold on to him. Like I, that, that, you're going to have to explain to your fan base how you trade Rizzo and Baez and Kimbrell uh, and Trevor Williams uh, and then come back and say, oh, we're going to keep Chris Bryant. Uh, because, again, they're not going to be able to sign him. I mean, it's, it, it's pretty easy to see that. You got to get something back for a player like that. You can't just give him away. Yeah, no question. Coming up, we're going to talk with Mike Maxey. Uh, from sportsboys.com. Follow him on Twitter at Maximum Hoops. Looking forward uh, to talking to him in about five minutes from right now. Plus, we'll hear from uh, Bucks GM John Horse. Now, I will tell you that everything's scheduled to possibly change at any given moment in time. If the Brewers are to do anything, we will have you updated throughout this whole thing. Uh, if they go get Trevor Story or if they get Chris Bryant or somebody along those lines, uh, or if they go get a closer, that's fine too. Jay Happ goes to the Cardinals for Gant. So there you go. So that that's what's going here. Oh my god. You've got to be kidding me. Uh hold on. Oh, no, never mind. Never mind. Bob Nightingale fell uh for a Jeff Pass and dummy account uh and just tweeted it out and it's it's a dummy account. So there's a dummy Jeff Pass and account saying that Chris Bryant is being traded to the Yankees but it is not a real account. So that is a fake report uh, and do not go along with anybody that sees that right now. I did not see that, but when they, I went to check Jeff Passon right away to make sure uh, and it was a fake account. 
So there you go. But anyways, back to what I was saying. Twins are trading Jay Happ to the Cardinals for Evan Sisk and right-hander John Gant per source. Uh, so the Cardinals get back Jay Happ. So there you go. Okay, uh, take a quick time out. We'll come back. We'll talk with Mike Maxey from sportsboys.com about the uh, NBA draft last night, uh, and we'll talk to him about the uh, Milwaukee Bucks second-round picks as well. Uh, and as trades happen in Major League Baseball, I will continue to interrupt our interview or do whatever to make sure you are as up-to-date as possible. Here on Trade Deadline Day, a crazy last 24 hours in Major League Baseball with all the trades going on, and they will continue, I would assume, for the next 45 minutes to hour. And we'll keep you updated here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, along with Jeff Orlovsky producing the show today. Executive producer, Rami Makhlouf, comes up with the Rami Show from 3 to 6 this afternoon as we are in the middle of MLB trade deadline day. Craziest, most, uh, I don't even know what to say. It's craziest uh, deadline day that I can ever remember. It is just nuts at this point. Uh as far as trying to keep up with all of these trades that just continue to happen, like it's not stopping. It's just not stopping. Like every time uh, you go on Twitter, you see more trades occurring uh, and it's been just nuts. Absolutely nuts. Joining us now to talk about the NBA draft from last night. He is Mike Maxi. Follow him on Twitter at maximum hoops, NBA uh, joining Sparky's midday madness. Now what's going on, dude? Uh, nothing. Just living the dream. Just got out of the pool. Enjoying my day. Nice. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, it's too cold up here where we are. It's like, I think it's in the 60s, maybe early 70s. Uh, oh, so, my goodness. Yeah, that's definitely not warm enough for any pool. Uh, so, all right. So, first things first, uh, I, I want to get your thoughts on the Russell, Russell Westbrook trade uh, with the L.A. Lakers uh, in your LeBron James love. Uh, so, what do you think? What do you make of that? Well, there's a lot of positives and there's a lot of negatives. This is um, probably the weirdest trade where – you could it could either be a total domination or a total collapse. So um, Russell Westbrook, obviously, he's not really been known as a great winner. Um, however, I think teaming up with LeBron James might change that. Um, the problem is the spacing. They're going to have really little spacing. They got rid of two shooters. Um, they're obviously going to have to try to find guys like maybe J.J. Redick to take a pay cut, just guys who, you know, maybe are trying to chase rings to – come in it's it's a really interesting dynamic how they fill out the rest of this roster because right now they're just under the the tax apron um with five guys under contract all right so westbrook anthony davis lebron james i'm assuming that would make them your favorite in the west even with the limited roster they have around them uh yeah i mean i would like to see what else they put around them but i mean they can go birds rights with caruso as a backup i mean they can uh, maybe get some extra players in a Dennis Schroeder sign and trade. I mean, there's options they can go. I want to see how they fill out their roster before I totally make them the favorites. But yeah, I would say it's it's uh, definitely going that direction. Uh, what about uh, when we start talking about guys that fell in the draft last night, uh, Mike? That you were surprised by that fell as far as they did? Um, guys that I thought that uh, should have went higher. Um, uh, maybe Jared Butler. Um, I know he had some. Um, uh, medical issues. I thought for sure he would have um, uh, been a, maybe a late first round, early second. Well, he went forty, um, traded to Utah. What about Sharif uh, Cooper to the Hawks that late? Sharif Cooper is another one. Yes. However, I I really think that's an excellent pickup because the the Hawks need backup point guard like in yes. the worst way, and uh, and and I think he's got a chance to uh, be a, a 
great backup point guard. He's a good distributor. Um, he needs to work on his mechanics for shooting. But yeah, that's that's another good one. That was um, uh, kind of a surprise. Um, you know, uh, and then he went down pretty fast. I mean, he went down for, to 48. So uh, that was a little bit surprising. I was a little bit surprised Joel Ayahi did not get drafted. He ended up signing with the Lakers right after the draft he, was done. He did sign a two-way contract with the Lakers, which I think is going to um, probably benefit him because obviously he's got a chance to make that roster. There's no one else on their uh, roster. So, yeah, I think those are those are some names that uh, I'm surprised to fell. All right, so let's let's talk a, a little bit about what the Bucks did there. The Bucks with that 31 pick trade, they get four second round picks, two that they used in the draft last night, and then uh, two more that they get in the future. Bucks Twitter, none so happy. They wanted a, a, a good player at 31 if they could find one. I wanted that kid Iowa from uh, Illinois, the guard uh, that I've watched play now for the last couple of years against the Badgers. Uh, and he ended up going to the Bulls, which I was happy for. He's a Chicago kid, gets to stay home where he played his high school and college career. So happy the Bulls got him and he got to go there. Uh, what did you make of the trade? Did you like it, especially now in hindsight, knowing what they did with those two picks they acquired this year? I absolutely hated it. I really did. Um, I mean, look, think of all the talent they could have got at 31. They could have got Sharif Cooper. They could have got uh, Jared Butler. They could. There was a lot of options. They could have got Brandon Boston. They need guard depth. Um, I would have loved to seen them get, you know, a guy that they could, you know, maybe come in and be a backup right away or at least be a third point guard or a third, you know, wing in the rotation. Um, the kid that they drafted with the pick number 60 sucks. I'm not, I'm just not going to sugarcoat it. He wasn't good in Europe. What makes you think he's going to be good, you know, in the NBA? So, I mean, the George's Kellett, that's whatever his name is. Yeah, he is represented uh, by the same agent uh, as Giannis. Uh, he's coming from Greece, and uh, I saw a report today saying that he is leaving Greece and plans on playing in the NBA this year with the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's going to have to spend a lot of time in the G League. He will not be on that roster. Uh, he will probably, you know, I mean, they could bring him in as a two-way player, put him in the G League, whatever sure. they need to do. Um, I did like their pick of, of the kid from Seton Hall, the power forward. Yep. Uh, Cole Biggie's player of the year, Sando, Mema, whatever. We'll call him Sandman. Uh, we'll go with that. Yeah. These, these long names crack me up. But anyways, um, I really like him. I think he has a chance to um, possibly, uh, you know, earn his you know, way into the G League. Obviously, you know how this is. When you have a, and I'm, I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this, a defending champion Milwaukee Bucks, they don't really need much. Yeah, but, they, but, they're, but wait a second here, Nasi. I, I think we're going to disagree a little bit. Because of the financials of having those three guys in Middleton, Holiday, and Giannis, they're going to need more young guys to probably play more next year. Like Jordan Wara, I think he could see significant time uh, during the season next year. 100%. And I, and I think and this Samuel dude, they too. just this dude they just drafted could end up being your backup center more than likely next year as well because we still don't know what's going on with Bobby Portis. And Bobby Portis, you know, isn't as tall as this dude or whatever the case may be. The guy they got from seeing all, he's physical. He can shoot the three. He passes well. Uh, I I like him, uh, and I, I like him better than having maybe a Robin Lopez as a backup option. Well, obviously, yes, he hasn't he hasn't uh, gone through the rigors of the NBA yet. I'm I'm sure there's going to be a lot of growing pains. Um, I don't know if he's ready to be uh, a rotation big yet. And yes, you're right. Uh, the the Bucks do have holes to fill, but I never really I never really worry about it because you can always slide Giannis over two and play small ball five, which. I mean, they were able to go on many runs doing that during the playoffs. Um, they're just very versatile, and I and yes, Jordan Noara is going to get a, he's going to be a rotation player next year. Um, I would not uh, be surprised, but uh, they're going to bring in some low low uh, 
low-level veterans, kind of um, how the Lakers are going to do it, and I think they'll be fine. Talk with Mike Max. You check him out on Twitter at Maximum Hoops NBA, of course, sportsboys.com as well. Uh, let's talk about this uh, G League. Uh, and I had Chris Monster on yesterday from College Basketball News, who you are uh, well aware of uh, as well and have known. Uh, and we talked about whether or not that would, could be deemed a success or how this plays going forward. You know, they essentially were recruiting kids away from college by giving them that money to come and play. And the big question was, you know, you're getting all this top-end talent. Where would they get drafted? I think overall, I think it was probably a success based on where these kids got drafted that didn't go to college. I think it was a success not only for the players involved but also for the teams because um, if we were to allow the high schoolers to go into the NBA draft, um, you would have seen probably Deshaun Nix as a um, lottery pick. He didn't even get drafted. You know why? Because he was terrible. Um, Isaiah Todd, not as big and physical as you would think he slipped in the first to uh, 31 to the buck what would have yeah, been the he, bucks pick he, right he slipped out of the uh, the first round um guys like jalen green and, and jonathan kaminga they're they're um exceptions to the rule because they they're just uh they were going to be top three picks no matter what year they came out you know uh, kaminga obviously went number seven but they were going to be top you know five five ten picks anyways if they came out the year before too so i think it, it it also helped some of these players maybe uh, benefit them a little bit, you know, um, getting to be able to play against adults. Um, but it also, I think, protects the teams from taking bad investments on these guys who are in high school, like a Deshaun Nix, who, as when I saw him in the draft camp, he was awful. And and it's one of the reasons he didn't get drafted, and he was a G League United player. So. Right, exactly. It works both ways for both the players and the, the teams. It protects the teams, and it, and it helps certain players like a Jalen Green. Talking with Mike Maxey, sportsboys.com, at Maximum Hoops NBA. All right, so what what teams do you think did the best last night in the NBA draft? Uh, my hands down did the best was the Charlotte Hornets. I absolutely love what they did. Um, and and uh, some of it was just uh, James Booknight fell to them. So they're going to be able to, re- uh, to replace Malik Monk for a cheaper version with a possible better upside. So... Um, and, and think about this. Him and LaMelo Ball are going to be a dynamic backcourt when he eventually gets into that starting lineup. Um, then they were able to go, move up with the Knicks and grab uh, Kai Jones. Then they made a trade with, to get Mason Plumley, and I know Mason Plumley's, but they got 20, they moved up 20 spots to take off Mason Plumley. And Mason Plumley's going to be their starting center until Probably. Kai Jones is ready. Yeah. It, it's, they, and, and then in the second round with that 37 pick, they took JT Thor who was once thought to be a first-rounder. So I really absolutely loved what the Charlotte Hornets did. I thought uh, every move they made last night was was perfect. Um, yeah, and, and I think they're building a really nice little roster. I also like what the Warriors did, taking Kaminga and Moses Moody. You got two guys who are 3 and D prospects um, to add to their whole team of 3 and D guys. So I really like what they did. Um, I like what Brooklyn did. Uh, uh, grabbing uh, Cameron Thomas and uh, snagging Dayron Sharp, so there's there's a lot there's a lot of um, uh, players that you know kind of fell and and some of these teams were able to All right. you know snag. So those are the teams you like. Who did you mm-hmm. not like? What did you not like? What you saw last night? Oklahoma City, and I'm very very disappointed with Oklahoma City um, for one reason because I expected them to take all three of their first round picks and move up into the top five. That did not happen. Don't know if that was an option. Um, However, they took Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy is a Swiss Army knife. Um, 
but is he is he is he a starting point guard? I'm not sure for a while. You know, he's kind of very similar to uh, uh, Gilgis Alexander. Then they took another point guard and trade uh, man later. You know, and then they traded um, their pick number sixteen. I just thought that their moves were. I mean, and I know they're just acquiring assets. I just thought they didn't make sense. It, um, I did not did not like um, who was it Memphis who. Uh, who who ended up getting the number ten pick? And they took Zaire Williams. I thought that was way too high. I, I'm I couldn't believe they did that. Um, that was that was crazy. And then they they traded into the first round and grabbed uh, Santi Aldama from Loyola. Yeah, exactly. You don't know who he is, do you? So <laughs> so so I'm not. I yeah, Memphis and Oklahoma City, uh, probably the two worst drafts. Oh, Mike Max, yeah, I miss you. I miss doing the draft shows with you, man. Normally, I'm the one yelling and screaming about Charlie Villain to wave of picks and so forth, but that, yeah, <laughs> good stuff. Mike Max, you follow him on Twitter again at Maximum Hoops NBA and, uh, of course, uh, his website, uh, sportsboys.com. Michael, thank you very much, my friend. All right, have a good one. Take care. There he is, Mike Maxey. The Great Midwest Bank Hotline of applying for a home renovation loan. As you're feeling anxious, just breathe. And let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Robbie Makalov show still to come. Uh, coming up here at 3 o'clock. Is he coming in? Orlowski, do we know if he's showing up after what's gone on with the Cubs here in the last 24 hours? Like, will he be here? He will be here. I think he'll have a fake smile plastered on his face, but he's dying inside like like I am. I was listening yesterday to his show when Sam told him about Rizzo, and I didn't know what Sam was going to tell him. But when he said it was bad and it was Cubs, I was like, "Uh uh-oh. And it was Anthony Rizzo um, being that guy that was traded. And you could just tell by listening Rami was – that was like a gut punch to Ronnie because everybody wasn't sure if they would trade Rizzo or not. There was some speculation maybe they would hold on to him uh, and get through and try something in the offseason or bring him back or whatever, but uh, not to be as he gets traded. Hey, remember Jamon Moore, the former fourth-round pick by the Packers? Absolutely. Falcons just signed him. <laughs> I didn't know he was even still playing football. Well, uh, you and uh, Leroy made, uh, made a bet on your last show. I uh, I'd bet you that he doesn't make the team. I would probably bet so. But that <laughs> but that dude again, man, he is super talented. He really is, man. Like of the three receivers they drafted that year, uh, Saint Brown, MVS in him, he was the I, I think the most talented receiver of the three, and he just could not hold on to the football to save his life. Just absolutely crazy. All right, we'll hear from Bucks uh, GM John Horse coming up next. Uh, as he talked a little bit earlier today about their draft yesterday, and I'll continue to keep you updated on what's going on in Major League Baseball. Brewers did make one move today, getting Daniel Norris from the Detroit Tigers, a lefty reliever. Uh, he's got a 5-plus ERA, but pitching well against lefties, has a, about a 1-3 ERA in his last seven games. So coming around, uh, how much of an impact he'll have, I'm not quite sure. Uh, but that's been it for the Brewers uh, to this point. And there has been a flurry of trades throughout the day. It has been the craziest MLB trade deadline uh, of my lifetime, at least. Welcome back. It is Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The Fan, Rami Makhlouf, comes up at 3 o'clock. That Scherzer, Trey Turner to Dodgers deal officially done. Uh, so, unfortunately, that one actually did happen. It's too bad. Hey, Young Express, the company we talk about so much is continuing to grow. Would you like to be a part of a Christian-based family-run company? One of a company that's been in business for over 30 years 
And currently, I'm looking to add company straight truck drivers. Heard me talk about what a great company this is to work for now. I'll play online at youngexpress.com. Now, this is what you need to do to be a company straight truck driver. Requirements. Minimum one-year continuous straight truck driving experience. Familiarity with the DOT regulations. Clean background and driving record. What you can expect Monday through Friday, which is great, no weekends. 40 to 55 hours per week. 99% no-touch freight. All doc to doc, no home deliveries, health insurance, 401k with company match and profit sharing, no truck jumping, get a new truck every four years, plus personal days and vacation days. Apply for the position at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express success drives them. I said earlier we were going to get to uh, the uh, John Horst interview. Uh, which we will. I'm just uh, making sure here before I start playing the John Horst interview uh, that we have nothing more on the Milwaukee Brewers. That Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy deal to the fish uh, to the Phillies uh, is uh, done as well officially. Uh, so that one is complete. Uh, and as we consider, or as we sit here and watch uh, what all is going on here, the Brewers still sit. You got to think they're still working on something else, right? Maybe I'm being overly optimistic. I think they're still working on something else. I still think they get something done. One more move here maybe before the deadline. Really, they've given up nobody in their system. They haven't given up any top prospect uh, throughout all these trades that they've done so far. Uh, So uh, maybe they're willing to get part with one of their top prospects uh, to get an impact player here uh, before the deadline coming up here in about 25 minutes. All right, here's John Horst from earlier today uh, talking about the Bucks draft and other things. Hey, John. How are you? Hey, good. Hey, everybody. Sorry about uh, last night. Been a long couple of years, a late night. And uh, so I appreciate uh, doing this today. I think if, if you guys want to start, try to break it up a little bit, start with draft, anything you want to kind of talk about that, and then happy to take questions on the season or anything kind of afterwards, if that's all right with you guys. That sounds good. Yeah, it works for me. Thanks, John. All right, let's get started with Jim. Uh, well, John, I guess we'll start. Why, uh, why make the trade? Yeah, I think we were really exploring a lot of opportunities, um, that would check a number of boxes for us, Jim. And so, um, we've obviously been aggressive investing resources the last couple of years to try to improve and get better position ourselves, uh, for sustained success, championship success. And that's cost us, cost us a lot of draft picks. And so 31, um, represented a really good opportunity to get really good players. And I think there are really good players there or were really good players there. Um, but we looked at it as an opportunity to try to get a bunch of assets or as many as we could um, to really kind of uh, restock the tool chest, I guess. And so we got a chance to get uh, in the draft in two places this year. And we liked the draft. We thought it was pretty deep and we got a chance to put some really good quality picks um, in, in the tool chest going forward. So we've got a future 24 and a future 26 uh, pick as well that have, they'll, they'll be quality picks. And so again, kind of accomplished a lot of uh, things that we wanted to do. We'll figure out contractually um, what we'll do with our draft picks and we'll kind of go from there. Um, well, I guess sort of along those lines contractually is, is Georgios a guy you expect to come over right now, or is that to be determined? Yeah, I think uh, so. With Yorgos, um, Yorgos excuse me, yeah, he, uh, yeah, it's uh, Kelly Zykus. It just rolls off the tongue. It's easy. Um, he uh, is to be determined. Like at a lot of times, I think you still have to figure out buyouts. Um, you have to figure out contracts that that will make sense. 
Um, but we're excited about him. I, from a skill set standpoint and a size, you know, he's six six, six seven, um, really versatile. Uh, has played at a high level. Hasn't played a lot of minutes, but he's played in a really competitive league and played for Panathinaikos. Um, he's got toughness, and so I think there's a place and a way for him to come over now and in, in potentially. Um, but he's he's a development guy. Like we're going to really invest in him in the right way and try to bring him along the right way and develop him and trying to figure out where that is and how that is. But uh, he's an interesting guy. He's, he's kind of fun to watch and study, and he's he's got really great upside. Eric? John, um, speaking of the trade, obviously as the trade, or I guess as the draft unfolded, you saw the team that would have been in front of you at 30 make a move right around that time, and then the team at 32 make a trade as well. Um, is there any regret to making the move as early as you did? Obviously, I know you're happy to get four uh, draft picks, but as you're thinking about it, like, is it some thought like, man, maybe we should have held a little bit longer and it would have been different or, or kind of what goes into that thought process? Well, in all honesty, like, so educate me a little bit. Obviously I know that those happen. Like what did they net versus what did we net? And what was the timing? Did we go first or I, I not, not based on like what was reported. I, my, my, I believe we went first out of those deals. I think our deal was first. What did those deals net? What did 30 net? What did 32 net? What did 30, 30 got 40 and two future seconds. And then 32 got 34 and 36. Yeah. So to me, for our, again, our goal is to try to put things in the future um, and to also be in this draft. Cause again, we like the depth of the draft. There's a couple guys that we had targeted uh, Sandro and in, in Yorgos being two of those guys um, totally checked the boxes that we wanted. I, I think our deal was first and, for it being first checking our boxes, then when you compare it to those deals, we've got four second round picks and two of them are ones in 24 and ones in 26. And so whether those are assets that will draft, you know, three and five years from now, or we'll put into trades, I think the, the length and how far out they are and the quality of teams that are involved in those picks um, going down the road, I think those have potential have real value in trades, real value in draft perspective. And it kept us in the draft in a range where we were comfortable this year. I feel great about it. That's the strategy behind it. Um, and after you kind of told me what you told me, when it all nets out, I think that kind of nets out. They're all very similar. You could argue ours is better on the number of picks. Maybe theirs are a little better on the quality of picks. Um, but I think they kind of net out. So, I, yeah, I mean, it, to me, it feels right. Uh, speaking of Sandro, um, I'm curious, uh, what do you feel his position is? I mean, I've watched some tape and I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, so I'm curious just how you see him fitting into an NBA roster. He's got some Eric Nem in him. I can tell you that he <laughs> definitely got some point forward. Um, he uh, he's really interesting. He, he's got a great motor. He's more athletic than people think vertically. Um, I think you can see you can see his lateral um, athleticism. He's really mobile. Um, I think he's a, a potential kind of multi-positional defender in the switch game. Um, high, high level passer, which usually translates to IQ, which is really important for bigs. There's a translation between bigs that can pass and have high assists. If you, I'm not calling him these guys, but if you think of like the Vladi Dibox and, and Andrew Bogut and kind of go on down the road, Jokic, um, he's not those guys today. You never know what he can become. Um, but I'm just the point being that bigs that can pass and have these assist numbers, um, usually translates to IQ and figuring it out. And I think he has that, um, he could shoot it. You know, he shot at a pretty high level. He's a conference player a year and one of the best conferences in college basketball. So I think he's ready to, to step in if needed. Um, and so, yeah, that, that to me, I see him as a little bit of a point forward, a multi-positional defender and a high IQ guy that has a chance to help us now and going forward. 
Uh, and then I would, I would kind of ask the same thing about Yorgos. Um, just kind of what do you see position-wise? I know he, some people had said early in his career he's kind of point forwardy as well. Um, so I'm just curious what you see there. Yeah, I think more guard wing. Like, I, I, I don't know. You never know with, with these young people, like, how much they're going to grow and develop physically. Um, but I I mean, point forward if you want. I think he's going to be a guard wing. He's a six 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 seven guy who's who can really pass and handle and is a developing as a shooter. Um, high IQ and you know, his body's going to have to take some development. I talked to him last night about it and uh, I, I think he's willing to put in the work and he'll do that. And hopefully we can really help him develop and come along whenever that is, if it's this year or going forward. Um, but he's an interesting guy and I don't really, I wouldn't call him a point forward. I think he's really going to play like that two, three um, in his NBA career if he has success. And, and for us in the way that we play guys that can make reads um, off the second side of the ball, that can make an open shot, um, that have competitiveness and have size. Have We've done well with those guys. And we've done pretty well with Greek, uh, Greek players as well. Steve McGargy. Thanks. I'm just wondering, they're both 22, a little on the older side for NBA draft. Is, is that something you pay, y'all pay much attention to or at that point in the draft? I don't, I, I was just wondering, do you, how much that age factor plays into your decisions there? Yeah, I don't think it's a lack of confidence. It's definitely not. It's just to me, Steve, the reason I would, I would start answering it that way is they're a little more known and and it's a little less risk, a little less of a bet. And that's kind of what I'm comfortable with, with the, where our team is right now. It doesn't mean that they're going to um, be great players. It doesn't mean that they're going to fail. It's just they have a little bit more on their resume. They're they're more known. And, and I like that about them. I think there's some established things that both – um, Sandro and, and Yorgos can do that uh, we can count on. Whether or not that translates to helping the Bucks this year or next year or going forward is to be determined. Um, but I guess you're relative. I think so, I read somewhere that maybe seven seniors were taken in the draft last year or, or last night. Um, so yeah, they're on the older side, I guess, as guys that go drafted. But that's that's kind of what I want. I want to know what we're getting and, and the things that we can count on and try to develop the other things. And if that comes together, I think we'll have a player. Any other draft related questions? Nope. All right. Uh, let's go back to Jim. John, um, I mean, what, what is this? The second shortest off season um, in, in last NBA? year. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's so strange. All one. It's all one. <laughs> so I, I, I guess, um, I mean, as you guys do look forward, um, is it, you know, is an extension for Mike something that's, important to get done, you know, before the start of camp in what, eight weeks or so? Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. Is it really eight weeks? Um, yeah, I, I think it's obviously important. Uh, you look at collectively from an organization from Mark West, Jamie, Mike, um, Peter, myself, but partnering, working together, um, some pretty high level goals, over the last three or four years of, of, you know, maintaining, retaining our talent, building an organization that has sustainability, um, compete for championships, the things that we've been able to do, you know, having the most regular season wins, the most playoff wins, um, two Eastern conference finals an NBA championship. Now Giannis, um, deciding to stay with us, Chris deciding to stay with us, you know, a Twari and drew that's not me. That's not Mark West and Jamie. It's not Peter. That's not bud. It's us. And, um, doesn't mean that we're going to do it again next year or that we'll ever do it again. But collectively, I think we've proven that we can work really well together. Uh, we can accomplish big things. We have a mission. We're all pulling in the same direction. And Bud's an incredible partner, someone that I want to work with for as long as I possibly can. 
our players want to work with and our ownership trusts in and believes in. And so that's the goal. Absolutely. And, and obviously we haven't done it today or maybe probably won't do it tomorrow because Bud and I are partnering and we're trying to figure out the team. You know, we, we, we figure out the drafts. We're happy with what we did there. Now it's all hands on deck trying to figure out free agency when that opens up on August 2nd and try to figure out how to put the best team we can together for next year. Is, um, where's Dante at in his, his rehab? Is he in a spot where you're thinking he can be on a court and doing some stuff in camp, or is that a situation that might extend into kind of preseason, regular season? Really too early to know. Okay. Um, incredibly successful surgery. He's doing everything he can right now um, to be ready as soon as he possibly can. But just kind of the way that this one works, it just it's going to be a little bit before we really know what the timeline looks like um, and because it's just going to be based on strength and conditioning, and, and we're not going to put Dante in a position – where he's not healthy and not ready to come back um, and put him out there too early. So it's too early to know, um, but he is, he's ahead of where he should be at this time and he's doing an incredible job right now, but it's still too hard to tell what timeline timeline would be. I, I know he's one of those guys who, you know, with the rookie scale extensions, like he's in that window. D- does that affect that at all in your view? Like you, would you kind of just need to feel comfortable seeing him again on the court and, like, I don't know your timeline on that, too, in terms of when you want to know numbers and kind of that type of thing. Yeah, I think um, and Dante and I've talked about this a little bit. I've talked to his agents like that whole thing is it gets complicated. Injuries complicate things. Um, but that doesn't mean that we have like a lack of information on Dante. We know who Dante is. We know what he can do on the floor. We have complete confidence in his health. I mean, this is not some sort of injury that he had that players struggle to come back from. So there's no there's no questions on Dante. It's really just a question of what's best for him, what's best for us. And at some point when we're when we're you know willing and able to have those conversations and really try to negotiate something, can we? And if not, it won't be a reflection on what he thinks of us or or we think of him either. We we have He's, he's on his rookie scale deal. We have another year on his rookie scale deal. If, if we don't do an extension, he'll be a restricted free agent. If we do, he'll be under an extension. And so we love Dante. Um, we're incredibly bought in on Dante. He's, he's our starting two guard. Um, and he was really good in that position. And we missed him in the playoffs. I know we ended up winning a championship, uh, but we're a much better team with Dante DiVincenzo than we are without. Um, you, you mentioned, obviously, the extensions and the guys who chose to stay. So your, your hands are a little bit tied at what you expected in terms of financially and with the exceptions that you do have, and, and I know I think PJ's bird rights, I, I don't know if aggressive is the right word, John, but like, can you be aggressive with those exceptions? Or is that kind of something where you have to wait to see how things shake out? And, and since there are obviously factors there, you can't control with what other teams can do and offer and who might, what player may, you know what I mean? Like, how, how do you kind of view what you have to work with and, and what you could do with it, I guess? Um since it's kind of set to a degree. No, it's definitely set. Um, and that's okay. Like uh, Wes Eden was talking to him the other day, like winning a championship has a cost, you know, and, and it has a roster cost and it has a flexibility cost. And, um, and that's okay. Like it's our job to continue to maneuver and manipulate and figure out the best thing we can do with what we have, the resources we have at our fingertips. Um, we don't have a lot of them in free agency. And so, you know, we're, we're meeting right now. My staff's meeting. I'm going to break from this. We're going to meet again. Like we got to get ready for free agency. We got to figure out how we can use the avenues that we have. we got to figure out who we think will be available. Um, we have to really study the market where we think it's going to go. We have to study who we think could fit on our roster. If we can get someone on a minimum, if we can get them on part of a mid-level, get them on a full tax team mid-level. Um, if we can use our bird rights players, there's, there's different things 
um, that we have to figure out how to do. And I don't know if it's aggressive or patient. I, I just think when it's appropriate and when you're able to start negotiating, you're able to start recruiting, you've got to be prepared and you have to have your top level options and your secondary options, your tertiary options, and, and be ready to move and pivot as quickly as possible. That's what we're trying to get ready right now. And when we, when we can, we'll start tackling it. And I think, you know, there's always been confidence, Jim, in this is what we want to do. If we can do it, do it. And if we can't, then like, let's try to work for the best option we can. And, and a little bit full circle back to Eric's question earlier. I don't know if we got the maximum value we could have for 31. I know we didn't get the worst value we could have for 31, but we got the value that we needed for the Milwaukee Bucks for 31. And I think we take the same approach in free agency when we get there as well. There is Bucks uh, GM John Horst uh, from earlier today. Rami Makloff is in here. He did show up for work. I had my questions after uh, his team was getting destroyed today, and we were just going back and forth about whether or not they should trade. Chris I showed Bryan up on worse days than this. I heard you yesterday. I felt bad for you. I did. I mean, it hurts. The Rizzo, I'm not the Rizzo lie, deal hurt. That was bad. The Baez yeah. deal that hurt as bad yes. as the Rizzo deal. Well, maybe not as not bad as, as bad, Rizzo. Right? I don't know. Not as bad. He is the most entertaining player in all of baseball. Don't like him at all. Uh, all right, that'll do it for like Sparky's fun. Midday Madness. Coming up, though, we will stick around for one more segment, and we'll talk with Rami Makhlouf, uh and see what really is going on. You don't on. like Javi Baez for the same reason you don't like Bucks Lust. You don't like fun. Uh, You're not a fan those, of fun. Those should never be compared ever in the same sentence ever again uh, for two reasons. One, Javi Baez would feel insulted if he heard you do that. Um, eh, and, Javi is fun. Uh, and, not and, like you. And two, like... I think the guy that made Bucks Lust would be insulted by comparing him to Javi Baez if he's ever seen Javi Baez play baseball the way he plays baseball. Both are entertaining and fun. Oh, my God. No. Uh, okay, brought Eddie to you. Eddie and Javi Baez. This one segment the same. Uh, is brought to you by Jim Danny, South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Enjoy the best fish fry on Fridays. That's tonight. Plus $2.50 tacos on Tuesdays, $17 prime rib dinner on Wednesdays, all-you-can-eat ribs on Monday, jimdandysgrill.com. Again, jimdandysgrill.com, like I keep saying. Under new ownership, they've redone the inside. They're doing stuff to the outside. It's the place to be on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Welcome in. Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The Fan, Uncle Rami, uh, in the house here as we broadcast live from the Lakeland University studios with online learning in seven locations throughout the state. Learn on your terms, lakeland.edu. All right, Rami, so uh, as we continue to see if the Brewers are going to make any more moves here, I didn't look at Twitter while I was talking to you in the Did break. Did I miss anything? Uh, there's been trades going on all day. Jay Happ is going to the Cardinals. Uh, Angels, got, they're not giving up, huh? Angels up. just traded Haney to the Yankees, uh, their starting pitcher. Oh, here's one. Boom, Brewers got another one. Brewers get reliever John Curtis for Peyton Henry, a catcher, goes to the Marlins. John Curtis. Look up John Curtis. Tell me. You're asking me to? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I got a feeling this is another guy that nobody's going to be excited about probably all that much, kind of like <laughs> Daniel Norris. <laughs> Daniel Norris is a good arm. That's he's a got, fine arm. He's got a five-plus ERA. He's I know, got but he's going to be a lefty specialist. The last, you can't have those in baseball anymore. You can't have them coming for one guy. You kind of He's got to pitch to three. I get. Yeah, I know. He's been good against lefties. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, John Curtis. It's with two S's. C-U-R-T-I-S-S. Unless Eamon, uh misspelt it. 
Uh, so there you go, another arm. It's just about stacking arms, man. This is about what David Stearns was talking about after the uh, the Escobar deal, which is you, you, th- there are no moves you can make after this. So you might as, you, you you need to you need to build depth just in case. San Francisco Giants in agreement on a deal to acquire Chris Bryant from the Chicago Cubs. Sources tell ESPN. So Bryant, say what? This is from Jeff Passan. Uh, Chris Bryant to the Giants. You said what now? I just said it, man. So the Brewers got John Curtis. And the Giants got Chris Bright. Kind of comparable. Uh, so there you go. So that's officially done now for the Chicago Is there anybody... Uh, Contreras didn't get moved. Is there anybody available to host 3-6? to six? I was surprised you came in, to be honest with you. I, I didn't think you would. But yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of the deal right now. So did you see? There it is. Look, Giants, Chris Bright. Right I don't want to look. There. And at least for Baez and Rizzo, they're in New York, so they can still have dinner together. They're not on the same team. But, and I don't know what you're getting back. That 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 not deal uh, for Kimbrel was ridiculous. Like, <sighs> I I don't get the magical love at all in Chicago with the White Sox fans. I don't get it at all. I don't understand. But it's all right, man. Hey, hey, like a Bucks fan would tell you, and all your Bucks lost people. Hey, man, you got a title. Be happy. You got a title. I mean, Be I am. I was happy. just saying that on the you score on Sunday. You won a World Series. It's all good. I think that's a bunch of hogwash. No, it's that's true. That's what I think. It's true. You should appreciate what you got. That doesn't mean it y'all, doesn't hurt. Y'all choked it away and blew a golden Nothing opportunity. Choked. Nothing was choked. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. You all had it set up. The same up. thing I'm telling you. See, you're, you're, you got it backwards. This is what I'm telling you about Giannis and the Bucks when you're having that crazy conversation of how Correct. many championships do you expect yes, that's exactly in where the I'm Giannis going. era. That's, that, not, that's, that's right. That's ridiculous. You, but you didn't have just one guy. You had a bunch of dudes that were all set up to bring yeah, you a you, dynasty. But you need a bunch of dudes. And I never said dynasty. You said dynasty. I told you get one. You all and look at what I'm holding in my hand well, here. Look right. at what I'm holding in my hand right that, here. That's correct. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's Coffee great. tastes good out of this world championship all, mug. All I'm saying is y'all screwed that up. Y'all should have had more than one by the time that thing was done. I mean, done. they could have. I'm not saying they couldn't have. I'm not saying that it couldn't what have been better. What year was it the closest where you thought, okay, that should have been the second one? Because Packer fans got a bunch where the Packer fans could say, should have been in the Super Bowl that year. Should have been in the Super Bowl that year. Do you have one that stands out to you where like, yeah, that year was close. They screwed that up. An injury cost us, whatever. I think where I think where they went wrong, if you, if, if I mean, people are always telling me, nobody cares, it's Milwaukee, but you're asking. So I'm I'll, asking, yeah. yes. Um, I think where they went wrong is they panicked after 2018. After the 2018 season, putting I don't I don't think putting Joe Madden on the hot seat and and inserting in uncertainty into that situation was was smart or necessary. Agreed. And that and and it's been nothing but uncertainty ever since because Madden is gone after that year and then immediately the questions start being asked about how long is how long is Bryant for a Cubs uniform? How long is Rizzo for a Cubs uniform? Yeah, but I'm just I'm just saying that that's a baseball team that won 95 games right. and just got just got out sprinted at the finish line yep. by the Brewers to win the division and then and then went flat in the playoffs. And I'm not saying that you don't tinker with it after that and make some changes to make the team better. You should always be doing that, but to panic and say and 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 let Joe Madden go in as a lame duck manager and insert that much uncertainty into a situation three, four years into what they said was a seven-year window of contention. It just seemed unnecessary and like a panic move to me. Um, I, I'm I'm anxious to see who else is getting moved here because <sighs> uh, Byron Buxton, I thought, was going to get moved here by the Twins. There was some talk Josh Donaldson could get moved uh, by the Twins as well. Uh, who else is out there? I'm just looking at right now. What am I looking at? MLB Network. 
on some of the guys out there. There's been no talk about Zach oh, Davies. For I just a while. got an alert on my phone, Sparky. Hang on one second. Low ticket alert for tonight's show. <laughs> At the Laughing Tap with headliner Justin Leon oh, featuring Jake Snell. I thought you low ticket alert at the no, Cubs games going forward. No, at the Laughing Tap oh. tonight right here in Milwaukee. And oh. uh, your host is uh, Rami Makhlouf. Rami Makhlouf will be hosting. Low ticket alert. Go get him right now at LaughingTap.com. Freddie Galvis back to the Phillies in a deal with the Orioles, according to Jeff Passan. Jake Marisnik to head to San Diego. You're just going to breeze right by what I just said, uh, this huge well. news. Low ticket alert at the laughing tab tonight. You don't want to promote the fact that nobody wants to see you. No, I'm saying they're almost out of tickets. Oh, I I thought you meant like nobody's buying tickets. Go buy tickets. No, low ticket alert means they're almost out of tickets. Go get them before they're gone at the laughing tab tonight with uh, Justin Leon, Jake Snell, and Rami Makhlouf. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, here you go. Will Salmon says, Curtis ranked fairly high on Eno Saris. That's your guy, right? I'd much rather talk about my thing. But I, yeah, go ahead. I love Eno Saris. All right. Uh, Curtis ranked fairly high on Eno, Eno Saris Stuff Plus list for best available relief pitchers. Right-handed pitcher under team control for a good bit, too. So there you go. I don't know, man. I wanted more than what they got. I'll be honest with you. I wanted more. But we're going to talk about that right off the top. Yeah, and not necessarily that, but just how do you think the Brewers stack up now after the deadline? Seeing what they did, what other teams around the National League did, right along the lines of what you're talking about, Spark Dog. Also in that 3 o'clock hour, is your Bucks lust still burning? Here is it go. still burning? What? So let's see. Chris Bryant to the Giants, <sighs> Rizzo to the Yankees, Baez to the Mets, yeah, I know Peterson all this, to the Braves, yeah, I know, Trevor man. Williams to the Mets, yeah, everybody's gone. Jake Marisnik to I the Padres, yeah, there's Andrew nobody Schaffer left. to the A's, Craig Kimbrell to the White Sox, <laughs> and Tapera to the White Sox. <laughs> oh, buddy. That's pretty good. I mean, that's that's a full-on house cleaning. Yeah. But dude, that's how you should do it, no, though. No, it's not. Yes. They don't need to do this. They're not a small market team. They don't need to shed payroll. Ah, but you forget, my friend. Who's your owner? Tom, the Ricketts family? Yeah. Yeah. What, what where, about them? Do you know where the Ricketts family were before the Cubs? In some sort of banking thing? Investment thing? I don't know. Tom Ricketts was a minority owner with Bud Selig of the Milwaukee Brewers prior to jumping off What does that have to do with Milwaukee? this? Well, what does one have to do with the other? I'm just telling you, some some care- Now he has an organization that prints money in the third largest market in the world. Yeah, may end up being more closer to the White Sox payroll-wise before this is all said and done with the Ricketts family. I hate everything. I might, might, be, might be headed that way. I mean, it would be too bad if it is. And the Brewers now? It's our division for the foreseeable future, Catch right? Catch me on the score this Sunday it's, following Cubs baseball. Shut up. It's the Brewers' division for the foreseeable future now, right? Next two, three years at least, this is the Brewers' division to lose. Cardinals aren't close. Yeah, man. Right? Yeah. Reds? Yeah. Uh, and at least I'm, I'm happy about that. I'll say if it's not going to be the Cubs, I want it to be the Brewers. Yeah, you could see a World Series parade coming up. I'm good I with that. The Dodgers, though. I I'm good know. with that. Dodgers. I'm just glad Kimberl didn't go to the Dodgers because that was a that was a possibility at one point this afternoon. I would like to see a World Series parade in Milwaukee this year. So what? That'd I, be awesome. Trevor Story not going anywhere according to reports. Looks like he's staying in Colorado. Good. I saw Cardinals rumors. I almost yep. threw up. Yep. Uh, all right. What's coming up on your show? I just told you. How uh, how do you think the Brewers stack up now after the deadline with other teams and the moves that they made around yeah. the National League and other contenders elsewhere? Uh, also in the three o'clock hour, is your Bucks lust still burning hot? Still or that, that are we over Bucks that? Lust thing. I just mean like is is you know what I mean? Are you still riding that that? Are you still on? Did you not see Twitter last night when they traded thirty one? <laughs> No, were people Bucks paying attention to the NBA draft last night? Rob, we did a topic on our show. How much of a honeymoon will you give the Bucks after winning the title? People were hot last night. What is wrong when with they you were people? Traded 31. They have four Zayron picks. People were furious. 
serious. None of these guys so, are none of these guys are gonna play. I asked we asked the question, Leroy and I. Man, now again, people, 50 years, rest of my life. That's how long the honeymoon is gonna be for a lot of these people. And I said, liars, don't believe you at all. And Jeff Orlovsky agreed with me. No chance. They go, they play in the playoffs, and if they lose, people are going to be up in arms again. Sparky, I didn't think people were even paying attention to the NBA draft, much less oh, getting yeah. upset about it here oh, yeah. in Milwaukee. People were furious at that's, horse for making that trade. That's crazy. Night. Furious. That's crazy. So I thought so, too. Of I course, agree. we're going to get into some Aaron Rodgers stuff in the 4 o'clock hour. A little more Brewers stuff, whether or not this team can win in a different way than we've seen him win in the past. And Bob Nightingale, Odyssey MLB insider, he'll join us to talk about the trade deadline at uh, 5.30. And much, much more on the Rami Show today. You going to be okay? Right here on The Fan. Uh, I'll pretend I am. That's all I ask. And then uh, I'll cheer up at the Laughing Tap tonight and tomorrow. Low ticket alert in case you didn't hear. That does not mean he's almost out of tickets. That does mean they're almost out of tickets. It does. I'm yes, so confused. it's almost so. What do you think? A lo- why, just, why say do you think all, I, just say you're almost. Just say it's almost a sellout. Sell why out. do you think somebody would come on here and promote that we're not selling tickets? Well, you're comedians. You're all different. You need you you different. need things explained to you very very clearly, dude. You. That's what my family says to me all the time. For those of you who are like Sparky, yes, almost out of tickets. It's almost a sellout for tonight and tomorrow at the yeah. Laughing Tap now, with your headliner. Do you have Justin like, Leon? I think they're back to full capacity. So oh, around, really, I, I think. Nice. I think last yeah. time I was there it was half capacity, but I think they're back to full now. So I think about a hundred. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's very nice. Should be fun. Very good. All right, there he is, Robbie McAuliffe. Robbie's Tonight, show comes tomorrow, up next, tap. and you'll hear all about this for three more hours. He may not even do a show. He may just talk about the <laughs> laughing tap for three hours. Don't know. We'll see. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 